the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. We can talk about investing. We can talk about retirement. Are you prepared? Are you having a good year? You should be having an okay year. Uh, depends on if you're skewing to safety and not taking much risk. And your returns are going to be lower. If you're skewing for growth, your returns are probably going to be higher this year unless you made a bet that didn't quite work out per se. Now, inside this environment, there's always going to be things to think about. Um, technology, demographics, um, overall economic trends. Um, are we in a world of tighter regulations or lo- lesser regulations? Are we in a the world where Small media companies can get together and partner up and take on the bigger media companies and kind of get the idea. What's the regulatory environment there? I think one area that I really like uh, talking about enormously and thinking about is technology. And everything's being affected by digital technologies now. I saw a commercial for a healthcare HMO. I was like, yes, now with this app. You can find a doctor anywhere near you. So it's it's an HMO. It's a company that you're paying money for. And instead of... So it's a digital app, and instead of paying a secretary or a, a call center to answer the call about finding a doctor nearest you, they're, they're doing it now. They're automating it. Fascinating, right? That brings up questions for me of like, well, maybe they're pushing the doctors that have the lower, lowest amount of reimbursements. or it, it, It's a little bit on the scary side. So autonomous car road tests, we're seeing that quicker and quicker now. Starting to hear about Uber doing it. Uh, we heard about Google for years. We've heard about Tesla kind of just doing it on their own. Um, instead of testing, they're just like, go live with it. You know, buy the feature. Um, now that's 2020 is when everyone's talking about driverless cars. 
And I think you're going to see more of it. I remember when my father was dying 20 years ago. Uh, he was in a hospital that had robots driving around the hospital delivering medicines. Same kind of idea. Again, elimination of a job. Snapchat and Amazon this year are starting to rattle the digital ad space. I think that's one of those tech stories that uh, we have to continue to focus on. There was a point in time where you used to go to Google and search for best energy drink or best TV. Um, and you would try to find reviews. And now you're just going to Amazon and saying TVs. And you put in your price point and look at the user reviews of, you know, which one gets the highest amount of stars. And ta-da, winner for a lot of people. Which is interesting, right? So Amazon has its own little search business. Plus, if you take a look at what Amazon does now, is the top three things that they result, re, show you in results are ads. So they're getting in that digital ad space more and more. I think, obviously, the grocery industry is making a move online. Um, I've got something. What is it called with Amazon? Is it called Marketplace? No, it's not called Marketplace. Um, let me see if I can find it on my phone over so quick. Oh, my subscribe and save. So once a month, I get things delivered to my home, whether it be paper towels, whether it be toilet paper, uh, toothpaste. And every time I click on something, it gives me another 5% all the way up to 15% off. And then I have a credit card with Amazon. It gives me 5% off. So loyalty rewards are becoming more and more important. Take a look at the airline industry and uh, the amount of fees that they hit you with. One of the things they do is they say, you know, hey, jump on our credit card. We'll give you that first bag for free. Plus, we'll give you 20,000 miles or something silly like that. But what they want is you to use it again and again and again and again and again. So um, I think you're going to start seeing more uh, integration of some of these apps as well. So as far as like insurance is now going to be the next big thing. At one point in time, we were like, okay, we could buy stocks online on an app. Sure. Oh, we could do banking. Sure. We could take a look at your credit report. Yeah. Well, why not go with insurance as well? So I think you're going to be looking at um, more testing, like I said, of self-driving cars on public roads without a driver behind the wheel. You're seeing buses in Finland do it. You're seeing campus shuttles in Massachusetts, taxis in Singapore, Ubers testing in, in various states at this point in time. So you're going to see more and more of that. And I've recently done some business travel and given some speeches and it's quite interesting because when you look at your Uber drivers or your Lyft drivers, whichever one you choose, you sometimes could find like, whoa. Um, for instance, if I'm in no rush and I'm coming from the airport and I know it's a you know 15-mile drive, I'll do the Uber line or the Uber pool. And uh, I recently shared a, a car with a young lady who is probably 23, pretty tattooed up. And she was heading off to a coffee store to make coffee in a very rich neighborhood for basically rich women. Picked her up in a rundown home, not a trailer, but pretty close, dropping her off at a high-end coffee store. And uh, it, it, it dawned on me, like, this is probably as good as it's going to get for her. Uh, probably not a lot of education with, and again, am I associating tattoos with education? Yeah, sure. And is that improper of me to do? Yeah, sure. Probably some people out there have the highest IQs that are all tattooed up, but she didn't look like one of them. And I was thinking, wow, when the driverless car comes, she's screwed. So uh, the amount of people that, you know, more and more people are 
automating that whole process. Um, because when you start getting the driver's cars, you're also starting to get the kiosks. So uh, more kiosks equal fewer low-paying jobs. Now, the administration that we have in power is starting to talk about more vocational training, which is interesting. It's if they're going to try to skew it towards the high end like Germany does. Germany. Um, so other big stories of note, I think uh, sometime in 2017, you're going to see Apple and Samsung release their own artificial intelligent powered smart home speakers. And 10 million of the devices will be sold in 2017. Amazon's great. And Amazon's come up with uh, various speakers and various products like the Kindle, which it doesn't sell very well. So there's still more demand for other product out there. And the people that sell the most, you know, bulk technology items to me are Apple and Samsung. So the Amazon Echo was one of the hottest devices in 2016. Google's competitor, Google Home, is on the market. But both those companies are kind of backseat players when it comes to hardware. Now, again, they got the first ones up there. And will Apple and Samsung have enough developers uh, doing their powered speaker hubs? But you're going to see it, and it will be this year. And it might, may be sooner than later. Because Apple has this thing that sometimes they like to release product earlier in the year that's not quite their, you know, their their base product for the back half of the year and back to school. So, a lot of Internet of Things devices, more and more. Um, a lot of people expressing concern about some of the vulnerabilities of Internet of Things. So, I went to a vacation home not too long ago, and uh, the thermostat was being controlled because it was a cold environment. It was being controlled from the distance. So the people that rented out the home were like, okay, you don't have to turn up and down the thermostat. We'll do that for you after you leave. So the moment we left, you know, boom, it's down to 57 degrees kind of thing. Warm enough to keep the pipes warm, but not warm enough to keep the house warm. Anyhow, and anyway, you get the idea. A lot of security issues there. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. I hope you're doing well. Thanks for listening to the show. Uh, do you ever say to yourself, if I only knew then what I know now, would you have saved more money? Would you have loved better? Would you have known how to say the right things at the right time? I can tell you some mistakes that people make when it comes to money. And one of them is not consolidating your financial and investment accounts. What's it mean? That means when... You have an account. Maybe you work your first company. Heck, maybe you're scooping ice cream. 
or you're working at a grocery store and they have a 401k, and then later on your dream job comes along, and you move on, and you say, well, I only had $600 at Fidelity at my last job, so I'm just going to leave it there. Mistake. Start consolidating all your paperwork. Start consolidating all your accounts. I can give you an example. When I was 20, one of my very first accounts was with Charles Schwab. And I moved, and they kept sending statements to my old address, to my old address, to my old address. And they eventually froze the account. And I kind of forgot about it. This was kind of pre-internet, pre-pull the data together. You kind of had to keep on top of this stuff. And you had to keep better paperwork, and you had to keep a better folder and things like that. Um, so one day I was like, I remembered it because I was going through old paperwork. I was like, oh, I got $20,000 here in a retirement account. And uh, I called him up. I'm like, hey, here's my new address. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You have to come down to uh actual location and show us that you're a photo ID. I'm like, what? And I had moved to a different state where it wasn't convenient to walk into an office. So you can't combine all of your accounts together. For instance, if you have an IRA and a 401k, you know, those are, you know, you could do stuff with that. Um, but it's like sometimes you get a SEP IRA and I think it's, it's really a good idea to, um, like for instance, if you're in a 403B, you can't go into a 401k and it's like, oh, so you went from a non-profit to a profit. But consolidating your paperwork and consolidating your financials is just, it's no brainer. Um, you don't want to forget about money and make it a hassle on you later in life when you remember. Uh, big mistake to not properly account for the impact of taxes in your retirement years. Oftentimes I say you need $1 million to retire. And $1 million, let's say you get 4% rate of return on that. That's only $40,000 a year. But what if that $1 million actually becomes 900000 Because anything you spend, um, it's going to be subject to income taxes, state income. If it's a 401k, you've already paid, you know, uh, you're going to have to pay your federal. Now, that may vary depending on what state you live in in retirement. But anything that you pull out, you're also going to have to pay uh, sales tax if you're in a state with sales tax. So don't forget about your taxes because a million dollars could quickly become $600,000. And then you, and that doesn't give you that $40,000 a year anymore. Taking too much risk with your investments. Um, oftentimes I'm like, bonds are boring, but as interest rates tick up, bonds will become sexier to me. It's always interesting. I've noticed investors want to be aggressive when the market's going up and they want to be conservative when it's going down. I, I'm good either way. So, um, I'm not the best person in the world because I don't have a lot of emotions. My therapist is, uh, kind of funny because I'll see him be like really nice to someone outside and I'm like that's kind of sweet like you're laughing with someone I'm like I don't laugh with people I'm just not that guy I'm not in tune so I hope there's someone out there going I'm gonna I'm gonna make you a better man I'm gonna be the one to get through that that frozen heart of yours I don't know um so don't take too much risks especially if you're not suitable for it. Uh, if you find yourself saying, well, I've got $6 million, you don't need to have all that invested. And maybe you start diversifying into other ideas at that point in time. 
Um, another mistake I see people make all the time is not considering longevity. Keep in mind, when you're working from 20 to 60 and you've got a couple million dollars, like you're like, woohoo, I got a couple million dollars, but you're also not touching it. But when you stop working and you start touching it, you're like, whoa, it goes kind of fast. And uh, I know someone who he inherited basically two and a half million dollars five years ago, and he spent it all. It goes fast. Now, he does have a property to show for it, but not a two and a half million dollar piece of property. So don't forget to account for inflation in your income and expense projections. It's very difficult without the expertise of a certified financial planner or true financial uh, planning software. You can't have a glorified Excel spreadsheet. It's not good enough. And you can't say, but I got a bitchin' spreadsheet. It's not good enough. Uh, it's totally tubular. Totally tubular. Get, go back to the 80s. Go back to the 80s, brain. I found a lot of people who are close to doing it alone. Um, and some will like even go to seminars and like try to pick the, the financial planner's brain and think like that's good enough. It's not good enough. With only a 3% inflation rate, you lose about a third of your purchasing power in just 10 days. Uh, 10 years, I'm sorry. Ooh. I'm a little on the tired side. So there's a great tape out there, and you can probably find it on, on YouTube of uh, Larry King. He used to. He was like, um, he, he was kind of like a Ryan Seacrest of his day, where he did a three-hour CNN show. He did a three-hour radio show. He did, like, he was everywhere kind of thing. And uh, a caller calls up, and uh, he goes, I was a doctor. I used to do Yeah, I would go to the Like, he, he's mumbling, and he's incoherent on the radio, which I kind of love because it's a fantasy of mine to be that guy. I'm not that guy, but I kind of like being that guy. So you have to be kind of careful, also. Uh, a big mistake I see people make is... Like I said, they kind of try to patchwork uh, real financial planners' ideas into their ideas. And this stuff changes every year. Someone like CFP Chad Burton's getting continuing education on a regular basis. Michelle Lerman, who's a state planning attorney. Laws change every year. President to president, very very aggressive. One president wants to get you know a spending bill through, and he cuts the estate tax. One president wants to get a health care bill, and he increases the estate planning tax. Um. So just know that that's kind of out there. So I think it's kind of important to uh, know that you, you a little professional help is worth it on occasion. So 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Cities that you feel poor in, even if you make six figures, Boston, Honolulu, Kauai. Um, let's see. New York, New Jersey. San Francisco, Oakland, even if you make six figures. I'm Rob Black, my man at robblackshow.com. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Oh, can't you hear the feeling? 
I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. What do you want to talk about financially speaking? <clears throat> I'm here for you. You don't have to be shy. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, <clears throat> I think we as a society are going to go through a little bit of a change where minimal, minimalism is going to come in, and that's going to be a good thing and not a bad thing. I, I hope that's the case because, man, i got a closet full of junk, right? i got a garage full of junk. And to me, that all of that stuff is like money thrown away. Um, did I ever need it? I've got a TV that has a VCR built into it that I used to use in my office. And for some reason, I've kept it just in case I need like a, a quick hit on a VCR or something like that. Like, oh, I haven't had a hit of crack cocaine in a while. I need to hit my VCR. Quick hit. Put in a VHS tape. Like, what do I have on VHS that I still want? And aren't all those tapes going to be like, crap, by the way? I, haven't they probably deteriorated into dust? Dust in the wind. So listen to this. This is kind of fun. I've kept every show email prep that I've ever done. Um, I send them to myself at a Yahoo account. And uh, not every. I've done it since 2004. Um, kind of when Yahoo and Google started doing... Yahoo Mail started like, hey, you can store all your old crappy emails here. Um, or let's say you had a second life that you wanted to live on Match.com. You'd set up your Yahoo account. But anyway, listen to this. On the radio show, back in 2005, part of my prep was Google's U.S. search referral percentage hit an all-time high on June 6, 2005, climbing above 52%. The percentage of search traffic that it sends to other websites is more than double that of its nearest competitor, Yahoo. Google's market share is even higher in the UK and Germany. So I'd go on the air and I'd, I'd go, I'd talk like that, and you'd be like, "Why are you talking like that? You sound, you sound affected." Maybe I was. So Google search for referral percentage by selected countries. It was at forty percent in the UK. No, forty percent in Japan. 65% in the UK, almost 80% in Australia, and almost 90% in Germany. So I talked about that, and this is the best part. U.S. search referral market share, top three search engines, Google, Yahoo, and MSN. So that was part of my show prep, okay? Are you with me? And um, so in 2005, you were hearing me talk about Google. Now it's 2017. Had you invested in Google in 2005, um, at this time it was a hundred, no, hold on, don't want to cheat. It was an $89.92 stock, and now it's climbed to $915. Ten bagger. Um, now, back then you were probably like, well, I think MSN is really going to catch on with people, because they're Microsoft. Well, you were wrong. So sometimes it's it's very worthwhile to go through some of your oldest emails and look back and say, what did I do right and what did I do wrong? History is a great teacher of um, perspective. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about money investing and more. 
um, it's funny. I, I saw a story recently about the best places to go this summer. And um, most of them I'm like, I've been and they're not the best places. So, I don't know. Is it funny how we get older, we kind of acquire more of a snobbery taste? Or I don't, I don't want to drive to Phoenix. I've been to Phoenix, Arizona, right? And I've been to Door Resort there. And it was kind of cute because back in 2001 or 2002, I was dating this incredibly beautiful woman um, from Canada. And she was a CFA. No, she was she was an accountant for um, in San Jose. And, uh, we flew off to Phoenix one weekend just to see what it's all about, you know. And uh, it was hot. And it was funny because she didn't bring a bathing suit, so she, was, she basically decided to kind of skinny dip in the hot tub at like 10 o'clock at night. And another couple came, so she was stuck. So she's just sitting there, just sitting there, and she's like cooking. <clears throat> and uh, I finally figured out how to get her a towel in a discreet kind of fashion. But... What, where does this story go? So we went to Phoenix, and they've got a wonderful nightlife. It's wonderful, cute bars, right? And uh, they got this mountain called um, Camelback. And you hike Camelback, and everyone hikes Camelback. and It's kind of cute, because the people that are hiking Camelback are typically tourists, right? It's a cute little mountain range that you can hike. And um, it's not that tough. It's not that difficult. But it's funny. One of the things I like to do when I'm when I'm hiking, whether it's in the woods or... Uh, in a, on a mountainous area, like in Phoenix. So you were walking back down the, the hill, and you go, man, those three rattlesnakes sitting on that, that rock, I did not see those guys coming. And you just keep walking past the tourists, and they're like, rattlesnakes, rattlesnakes up ahead, rattlesnakes. So this list has names on it, like Raleigh, North Carolina. I've been to Raleigh, North Carolina, and it's it's nice, but it's, 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 it's not worth visiting. I own a pro- piece of property in Raleigh, North Carolina, and it's nice. But it's not worth visiting, like, to visit. Um, Branson, Missouri, no, thank you. Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, no, thank you. So Dallas, eh. All very nice cities, but I think visiting cities to me is something that you do when you're in your teens and your 20s, and then you're over it. Like, I've been to Portland once or twice, and I'm like, done it. I've been there actually a lot more than that, but as a, as a tourist. Uh, I do want to see Salt Lake City. I don't know why. Um, there's some cities like Williamsburg, Virginia, which are like these old colonial cities. They got like a, a street called Dog Street. And you're like, why do they call it Dog Street? And it's like Duke of Gloucester. Like, ooh, America has a history where we ha- used ye old language. Now I'll say this. Memphis is a pretty nice weekend because it, it throws you. It's It's got a lot of live music, a lot of nice bars and good food. But once you've been, you've been. So, you know. That was brought up because these are cities that you can visit, and they're kind of cheap to visit. Number three on the list is Las Vegas. Number two on the list is San Antonio, Texas. And number one on the list is the Grand Canyon. And I'm kind of um, uh, very Fred Flintstone about the Grand Canyon, where Fred and Barney are driving to Rock Vegas, and they're driving through the desert, and there's this teeny, teeny, tiny little river that they cross. And it says future side of the Grand Canyon, or something like that. And uh, Fred says to Barney, it's not very much right now, but in a couple thousand years, it's going to be pretty darn special. Why did we like this cartoon? 
Wasn't the animation awful? Town of Bedrock. Uh, is that a blast out of your childhood? Hopefully it is. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. I'm sure a lot of millennials are like, what are you talking about? Did all those great cartoons completely disappear? I need to know! 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. So there's a book that I started the segment with called The More of Less. It's by Joshua Becker, and I read through it. And, you know, it's kind of cute because I think the tagline was, maybe the life you've always wanted is buried underneath everything you own. Um, it's a set of incredible, a set of incredible statistics on consumerism in our country. We consume twice as many material goods as we did 50 years ago. The size of the American home has also tripled in that same time frame. Um, each individual house right now in America contains at least 300, not, not at least, the average home contains 300,000 total items. Let's stop and think about that for a second. I dated a girl who was a millennial and went into her apartment and she goes, can you buy me a candle? And I'm like, why do you want a candle? She says, books, look at them, they're books, yuck, books. She was fantastic. She got, at one point in time, we're getting orange juice at a breakfast and she goes, is it fresh? And the waiter goes, yes, it's fresh. She goes, is it fresh? Yes, it's fresh. Like, and then she did the squeezing motion of how you make orange juice. Like, this kind of fresh? Or did it come from a curtain? Like, she was not going to have not fresh orange juice. It, she was going to have fresh orange juice. She was not going to have anything from a carton. So 300,000 items. But anyway, she did, she wanted to get rid of cables. She'd rather watch TV on a computer because she didn't want a cable box and the cables that run into the TV. She was all about minimalism. Um, on average, our homes contain more televisions than people. 25% of people with a two-car garage don't have room to park their cars. 32% have only room to park one car. The home organization industry is now an $8 billion industry, and it's growing at 10% a year. That's a business you can get into. Um, reorganizing people's closets, helping them get rid of trash in their house. One out of 10 Americans rent off-site storage. That's crazy. You're paying to have a room for your junk. The fastest growing segment of the commercial real estate industry of the past four decades. And most people can't afford a $400 emergency. And yet we have 300,000 items in our home. The average American's got a credit card debt of about $15,000. I can talk more about this, but start getting rid of some stuff. Talk to you soon. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackcrew.com. <laughs> Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. I don't have anything to say. 
Blah, 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 blah. No, I promise if you listen, I'm going to do my best. I'm taking a breather. Sorry. So, my last thought was we consume twice as many materials as we did 50 goods as we did 50 years ago. The size of the American home is nearly tripled. It contains about 300,000 total items. On average, our homes contain more televisions than people. 25% of people with two car garages can't park a car in it. Um, 32% only have room to park one car. The home organization industry is now an $8 billion industry, and it's growing at 10%. Growing at 10% tells me I should probably quit radio because my radio salary is actually declining at 10% a year, and it's going from minimum wage to minimum wage minus 10% because I have to pay tolls, and the tolls are going up every year. I know you're saying, wait, wait, he's cold-hearted. He doesn't have emotions. And he makes minimum wage. Yes, I've saved enough money in my life that I don't have to work till the day I die. You're fab. You're switched on. You're a bit of all right. One out of ten Americans rent off-site storage to basically put an extra room for their their, their junk. You know, I know. I used to know someone who lived in a storage facility. Like that was his idea, was to put a mattress in there. And, you know, like lanterns and stuff like that. And he'd go in and that's where he slept at nights. Get this. This is the greatest story of all time. I think you're going to like this one. I have a friend that when she was 14 years old, she used to have a boy living under her bed. <coughs> oh, no, 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 no. It, it was kind of fun. Um, so she was kind of a, I'm not going to say a bad apple because that's totally wrong. But, yeah. I didn't have a girl living under my bed at 14. And somehow she did this and her dad didn't find out. And her dad was a preacher man. She was the daughter of a preacher man and had a boy living under her bed. So like at dinner, she'd take food to her room. And said boy would be like, thanks. <laughs> like, did he come out? Did he stretch? Or did, was he like living there? Did he have like, you know, um, pillows down there? And, and like, well, let's just say. Uh, there was something going on there. She was 14, he was 14. And uh, I'm not going to say Romeo and Juliet, because, you know, Romeo and Juliet, I think she was 12, and he was like 14, if you actually figure, no out, the, if you actually figure out their ages. But this is the best part about Romeo and Juliet. It took place in Italy. And if you look at the data, it was 114 degrees that summer. It was hot. So here's what I recommend. Go somewhere hot, because if, you're, if your marriage is in trouble, if your love is in trouble, if your life feels like it's going the wrong direction, visit somewhere balmy, because people wear less clothes, and it's sexy. Pismo? Santa Barbara? San Diego? I don't know any other surf towns. <laughs> I'm, I'm out of surf towns. My knowledge of surf towns is very limited, ladies and gentlemen. Venice? Uh, see. So, okay. So, one in ten Americans were in off-site storage. And I got onto that off-topic, very off-topic, with the whole um, friend lived in a storage unit. And friend actually had a boy living under her bed. And her mom knew. But the dad didn't. So, and I made her, like, show me what that looked like. And I'm like, it was roomy under there. It wasn't like a bunk bed or anything like that, but it was close. So you got to curb all this. You got to get more minimalist. And you know, I've helped friends move. 
because I got a sed truck. And I'm like, why do you have these books from high school? You're 40 years old and you've got books that you read when you're like, are you going to at some point in time, like go on a TV show and win prizes because you've kept books your whole life and lugged them around and never read them? Um, more time equals more energy. Whether we're making the money to buy them, researching and purchasing them, cleaning and organizing them, repairing them, replacing them, or selling them, our possessions consume our time and energy. So, have you ever gone in the garage one weekend and go, I'm going to clean this place up! And then you just spend all weekend and you get like the black lung from all the dust in the garage, from all the crap that you've been building up. So getting rid of it gives you more time and more energy. It also gives you more money. Um, if you're not buying up the whole world... You're able to save. It gives you more generosity. On top of being able to save more, minimalism also gives you the opportunity to do more for your fellow man, whether financially or by giving them some time instead of cleaning your garage this weekend. So I'm talking for about a book that I read called The More of Less by Joshua Becker. Um, I'm fascinated by the concept because I think one of the reasons we're poor is because we collect junk. And it drives me crazy. You know, at least the toys that I had when I was a kid, like Stratego and the Dark Tower, were awesome. Now the toys that they make, they're just, just plastic that just, bleh, bleh. Um, if you get rid of stuff in your house, you're going to have more freedom. And who doesn't like freedom? I'm not talking like freedom, like apartheid freedom. I'm talking like freedom where the less you need to live off, the less you need to reach it. Um, at least in terms of financial freedom. So less stress, less items equals less stress. Imagine two rooms one that's cluttered and messy, and another that's tidy and sparse. Which one makes you feel less anxious? Which one makes you feel better? Which one calms you down? I I, I go into a kitchen, and there's dirty dishes. I start cleaning them. Um, less objects will give you less distraction. Everything around us completes uh, competes for our attention. The less stuff trying to steal from us, the more time you're able to focus on what matters. Uh, less environmental impact. The less junk you have in your house, the less you're destroying the planet. To me, we consume, the less we consume, the less damage we do our world, not including chocolate or beer, which I think is always, both of those are binge-worthy, but chocolate and beer aren't good for the planet either. So, the less you have those 300,000 objects, the more higher quality belongings you have instead of five junky watches, get one great watch. And it's a better example for the kids. It's less work for someone else. When my dad died, I had to throw away all his junk. When I should have been mourning him, I was going through his paperwork. If his paperwork was in order, I could have, like, loved missing my father. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Planning for retirement can be complicated. There's lots to consider. But by narrowing your focus to a few key issues, you can maximize your retirement income and give yourself a much better chance of enjoying a comfortable retirement. I'm Rob Black, and on July 13th, I'll be in Burlingame for a special lunchtime event with CFP Chad Burton and attorney Michelle Lerman. We'll be discussing retirement income strategies and estate planning updates that you can use to get the most of your retirement nest egg. We'll cover passive versus active portfolio management, transitioning your portfolio from the accumulation phase to the income phase, which accounts to draw from first, measuring risk, estate planning tips for 2017, and more. That's Thursday, July 13th at the Doubletree in Burlingame. The event runs from 11 to 1 and includes lunch. And if you can stick around, we've also got a breakout bonus session where we'll give some retirement tips for the self-employed. Go to robblackshow.com for the details and to register. Cost is $25 and we'll waive that fee for KDOW listeners. Just use promo code RADIO25 when you register at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com, promo code RADIO25. Hope to see you there. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.